I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, just a quick heads up before the show starts this week. Um, I did um, let some expletives loose um, somewhere in the end of the first half, maybe the beginning of the second. So if you are uh, listening around young children uh, or offended by this sort of thing, please um, either skip past it um, or forgive me. Uh, it was in the moment. But anyway, I don't, you know, as you know me, I'm not on that kind of way. I thought I'd just give you a little warning. It's not massive. I'm not, I mean, like effing and blinding everywhere. It's just the occasional one. Anyway, that's enough for me. Enjoy the show. Welcome, guys, this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans, your fabulous podcast host from Tony Evans in Canberra here in wonderful Australia. Um, Sorry to have not recorded a more up-to-date episode for last week. I'm going. I'm sure you guys enjoyed it. It was. Um, I recorded it some time ago and then shelved it because it was um, Christmas time, and I thought, well, oh, I like the idea of it, but I didn't want to offend anyone. I'm sure it didn't offend anyone. I'm sure people quite enjoyed it. They might have just went, oh, blathering on again and, and turned off. Who knows? But if you listened to it and you enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Um, it was just a bit of a tough time in the Evans household last week. Uh, and I usually, as I said, I don't record lots in advance. I like to call them, go, record them as I go because I, I get that fresh feel. If I have too many things planned, too many things recorded, I end up, um, it becomes chore, a chore and then I don't enjoy it. And it then I think it comes out in the, in the episodes. Anyway, this week's one. Right, catch up time, catch up, catch up time. So I had this planned... Um, for a colleague, a friend, ex-colleague of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. So this is the heavy, heavy rock. I haven't covered heavy rock yet. Um, I've done a couple of other subgenres. And, you know, uh, click back and find them if you haven't listened to them. Um, doom and black metal and death metal and so on. I haven't done uh, and thrash. I haven't done heavy rock. And heavy rock is one of those subgenres that sort of is more than a subgenre isn't it it's more of a overarching umbrella of all of the um heaviness that we listen to i mean if you really if you want to bring it down to its minutiae um even the most extreme um you know nordic um black metal with most you know the most dungeonous um cavernous doom from sweden or the oldest the fastest Anarchic, anarcho-punk um, metal thrash from the States. It all comes under under the same banner, really, as heavy and rock. So, you know, like like um, the punks never liked the term punk rock because they were not about rock. They were about destroying and rebuilding and a different genre name and, a, and not a 
not having a uh, a label that sort of case you can see some bands will say that with heavy metal but I think really we have to think about it it's all heavy rock um, and it's a really fascinating subgenre to me it's the or genre it's the gateway drug of rock and roll to the heavy metal world I think um, most people of an early age will do heavy rock first possibly heavy blues maybe a bit of punk um, but they'll go that way first right a lot of people get the, um, the, the the misconception when it comes to heavy rock what I think it actually is. Like, um, you know, you get people walking around with Led Zeppelin shirts on, and I'm all cool with that. Zeppelin, you know, I don't let a lot of Zeppelin into my life, but when I do, I enjoy it. Um, to me, it's not heavy rock uh, at all. It's heavy, but it's heavy blues. It's blues rock, um, very much like, you know, um, in some respects. In, in some respects, and I'm really going to, Sorry, put the cat amongst the pigeons here. Things like Rainbow, um, you know, bands like that. I mean, even even Deep Purple, to to really sort of, if you think about it, are, 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 are a heavy blues rock band. Well, they probably started off blues rock band and ended up a heavy rock band. Um, it's it, it's a it's a very big category. Um, you know, subcategories get mixed into that, which I find really irritating. Like AOR, like adult adult orientated rock. Or progressive rock in some respects even gets put into heavy rock um, and that has no place there at all there's heaviness in progressive rock but progressive rock is as it says on the tin is progressive it doesn't um, chug along on a heavy crunching a chord and take you right through the song on a rhythmic 12 bar um, journey it goes uh, you know on all sorts of weird and wacky ways as we know same as with punk rock, it doesn't have a, a a rock, a heavy rock feel to it because it has no, um, it doesn't have anything to do with heavy rock. It's not even got the same DNA. Like there's no real guitar, even guitar signatures that are similar. So so heavy rock, um, for me, it started um, well. It's mainly a European, a British, and an American phenomena. Um, it's the kind of loud music that your parents sort of didn't mind you listening to but didn't like it either you know it was still um youth music it was still uh, a way of, of of eliciting an emotion and a, and, a, and a feeling um but it wasn't um it, it's not it's not something that's really controversial i mean lyrically in most traditional heavy rock bands they're not really doing anything lyrically challenging um you know it's mainly like fast cars and um drinking and 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 and, and you know loose women and um you know love lost love and all that sort of stuff it's not it's not you know far you know driving down the motorway and all that sort of so it's not really um it's sort of it is very metallic in the fact that it has this um very heavy backbeat you know huge driving organ music um massive crunching dual guitars thunderous drums and uh, and usually falsetto um high pitched vocals right that's how i look at heavy rock that's how i'd imagine heavy rock to be and when you look at the two continents that it really breathe that it sort of exists on mainly so in the uk on europe and in the usa where it lives there 
Um, here is over here we have it as well and con and again what will be controversial ACDC are not a heavy metal band people they are a pub rock band that are a very good heavy rock band um, and so we have them over here as well um, now the thing about the differences is that the UK heavy rock scene sort of it sparked off um, with the, with the Kinks mainly, like the Kinks are a very extremely underrated um, band, right? If you if you want to know the um, really feel the the see the DNA of punk and the, the DNA of, of of heavy rock and rock heavy metal, honestly, the Kinks are probably you know sitting there it is because those boys they they were very like Ray Davies and so on. They were Dave Davies. They were they were really. Um, intelligent men that were p pushing boundaries like slitting their speaker cones to make it fuzzy and the guitar fuzz you know um, a good story a friend of mine Ron I mean Ron God rest his soul his soul is probably dead now I mean I haven't spoken to Ron in almost 30 years and he was in his late 60s then um, he used to live in Hampstead excuse me which was a poor, posh part of northwest London no it's posh now it might, might have been then um, anyway, he had a bit of money in his pocket, and he was a bit of a you know about the faces around the town, and he he lent um, Ray Davies a fiver to buy. Um, no, I apologise. Rewind that. He didn't know Ray Davies. He lent Rod Stewart a fiver to buy a microphone. He lent Ray 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 Davies uh, some money. Uh, un, un, he didn't tell me how much to help buy a a, a, mic, um, a stack a, a guitar stack. And he, he still laughed to me. He said that all this money they made and never paid me back, which was quite, it was quite funny, really. Anyway, that's a side note. So you have this British sound, right, for, coming from the Kinks, and and then you get, you know, you get from there. You're leading out. I mean, I could name lots, but I'm going to name bands that um, I think are more very British-sounding heavy rock bands, right? So, um, Badfinger, uh, Free. The Who, Thin Lizzy, Budgie, Uriah Heep, Nazareth, and to some extent Black Sabbath, okay, to some extent, uh, even though we know that they sort of invented heavy metal, but they're more a doomy based sound, they weren't a kind of um, uh, wind in your hair kind of speed freaks that the, a lot of the heavy, metal, the heavy rock bands were, I mean, you know, um, think about the uniform of the heavy rock band, right, really tight blue jeans so you could see what they had for lunch, um, into a flares like low low cut into the into the waist, you know. Usually, if it was the Who in Roger Daltrey, no t-shirt because he's ripped as hell. Um, a little sort of you know vest, long long hair, you know, um, and, and 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 hairy. If you're if you're the guitarist or the bass player, usually really hairy. Um, the drummers you couldn't really see them, but they were really just big hair and hairy sweaty dudes. But the front men are usually you know clean cut. Um, long hair you know ripped and 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 just have this amazing vocal range all right um i think that the uk heavy rock scene sounds different to the american rock scene, heavy rock scene because um think of the uh, if you i mean this analogy that when you put something in this if you put something in cold soil it might grow it might not grow you know it will be kind of 
dark and, and, and mouldy and old, but if you put it in hot and warm soil, things might grow, right? So, I mean, that's a silly analogy. I'm going to rewind that, and I don't know why it, where that came from. But you know what I'm trying to say? What I'm saying is, in the UK, it's quite cold and overcast and dark 90% of the year. And so the music's usually a bit more industrial, um, like particularly where it's coming up from the north, you know, uh, where, where the factories are. So like the real birth of heavy metal comes from the north of the UK anyway. So that's sort of, it's usually a bit more, I think it, weirdly for the Brits, it's a bit more blues driven, um, actually. I think the heavy rock in the UK is a little bit more blues. It's not as blues driven as Led Zeppelin. That's why I didn't put Led Zeppelin in the list there. Um, or Cream or something like that because it's too blues driven but the it's all that it's that kind of like you know it doesn't have the kind of if you put a Nazareth album on or if you put on a Uriah Heap album on and then and listen to the what's going on there right um oops, I'm just not not my mic one second you play songs like Lady in Black or Julie, Julie Morning July Morning sorry um Free Me or Easy Living they're they're all quite um, you can hear the the DNA of the blues in the background, but with a heavy organ sound, quite progressive. Um, you get this sort of kind of sort of crushingness. This sort of almost fills up like the clouds are in over you kind of feeling. Whereas when you pop on uh, no, an American um, heavy rock band, um, you know, and I know that they're more sort of your see when I okay when I think of American heavy rock bands. I genuinely think of kind of Texas kind of bands, bands like um, like Leonard Skinnerd, you know, because they're not blues driven. There's blues in there, but they're more kind of like I don't know. They've got their own sort, their own sort of delicious Americana that really works, you know. Um, not for everyone, I know, but I just feel American heavy rock bands have that, um, you know, have that sort of sense to them. That they're 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 lighter, fresher, um, cleaner. Uh, you know, they're not that you can't imagine them travelling up and down the M1 in a green minivan with no, you know, with only one working window and no heating. You know, they they look like the kind of guys that would be sitting on the beach for most of the day and then swagger into the venue and 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 then you know hit some really righteous hardcore uh, chords. You know, you know bands like Heart and Journey and Boston. Um, you know these these are um, these are the kind of bands that I think of as an American hard rock band. And again, even more tight blue denim, even more um, chiselled good looks. You know, um, and Boston, you know, are absolutely one of my favourite albums, uh, bands of all time. In fact, um, Boston's self-titled album Boston is just unbelievable. Um, you know, the story behind that is quite amazing. You know, he um, recorded the album. Um, I'm not going to say he, um, Tom Schultz, recorded the album um, in his bedroom, did all the parts, um, and then got the money from the music, from the record company, and said, oh, yeah, I've got all these members of this band playing in the band, and he took all the money, made this outrageous album with some of the most unbelievable guitar solos and overlaying, um, uh, you know, sounds, and then just hired a band and toured with it. Unbelievable, really. I mean, fantastic. Uh, but the thing about and, and Cheap Trick I mean there's another classic one you know Cheap Trick not again not my cup of tea uh, I know people love it but it doesn't do it for me six neck guitar and all that stuff I, look it, it is what it is I, I mean if you I always weirdly associate um, Cheap Trick with a British band Wishbone Ash 
who who really invented the whole dual guitar sound um because that's why Maiden wanted why Steve wanted two guitarists because he was a big Wishbone Ash fan I love Wishbone Ash and so um it has that kind of real that's a bit more groovy I have to say that the Wishbone Ash um as a, as as bands go is a bit more groovy uh you know ZZ Top I'm going to put them in in hard rock as well I wouldn't I wouldn't have Aerosmith uh, I'm going to put into hard rock because I, I, I would not and again those are fun loving young men making fun loving music right uh, West Coast sound in rock and roll it's just it's not that sort of heavier stuff um, although there are there are bands from um, that side of the world which actually little known bands uh, that you probably have never heard of and I hope you have oh well if you listen to my show, you, you might have a little bit more musical now and go, I know who this is. Or if you don't know, you've heard them at least. So one of the loudest bands on the, in the history of the world at one point that wasn't Slade, because Slade were one of the heaviest bands in the world. Now, you might say and shake your fist at me, why haven't you put Slade into heavy rock? Well, because they're more glam. They're very heavy rock and glam, but they're more glam, right? And they're also more, they were a skinhead band as well, and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, um, then Lizzie's more heavy rock. But this, so this, this, this. Think of the 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 band I was talking about now. Blue Cheer is the name of the band. Now they formed in 1966, and they were the loudest band in the world at one time. Um, you know, absolutely huge out uh, band. Uh, they they are considered the originators now. I mean, Black Sabbath would have a different say in this, but one of the real originators of doom metal. Um, certainly, um, underlying um, DNA of, of American grunge, um, and, and I'm not a fan of grunge. I know people who love it. I just don't. I always say it's like America found punk too late. And I said that once before and got really bollocked for it. But I was only trying to pull people's strings. I, if you like it, you like it, man. That's fine. Um, there's they did some absolutely amazing. Uh, the they did a brilliant version of Summertime Blues. If you listen, try it. You can go on YouTube. Um, Blue Cheers Summertime Blues. Um, I've always liked. I've always liked the Sid Vicious version, always. But the this the Blue Cheer one, it will kick your balls off. It's fantastic. Sorry, just having some tea. So hard rock, hard rock, hard rock. So. As I've as I've sort of alluded to, oh, I'm knocking the mic. Um, you know how what do we how do we define it? If you want to define it right, you could say Tony, Tony. We, we want to. I want you to define how hard rock. How would you define it? Um, and it's here's the defi- here's the definition I found. Right, um, it's got heavy guitar riffs, string bends, blues scales, riff laden textural music, distortion guitar. Um, driving rhythms and noisy dirty gritty so it's, that's what, what i found in the dictionary under heavy rock all right um i i sort of alluded roughly over this particular band um of what i feel um highlights uh heavy rock very succinctly in the uk and that is the who um because they they are you know, they're in my DNA. They're, they're, I, I use the word DNA a lot, but they're in my soul. That band. They, my very first album I ever bought was the Who by Numbers. It was a reissue, 
but I bought it when I was like eight years old um, from Boots of the Chemist. And I remember the guy behind the counter saying to me, you, do you really want this record? And my brother was with me and he said, oh, come on, fuck off, mate. Like, just give him the record. He, he clearly likes his music. He wasn't looking at me because that was a time when you could buy records in a chemist. You know, you could buy anything in a chemist in the UK in the 80s, right? 70s and 80s. Um, it wasn't just, you know, condoms and laxatives. It was, um, you could buy a record or a cassette. In fact, I remember buying um, a ZX81 computer game there. They sold, they sold computer games for a little while as well on cassette. I think it was... If I remember rightly, I think it was, oh man, I think it was Ghosts and Goblins. It was a very bad copy of it, but you know. Yeah, so I've picked up some highlights of, 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 of if you're looking for a, a playlist, and I'll do a playlist um, linked to the show this week. I didn't do last week because it was a bit hard, tricky to do one, the Christianity, Christianity and Rock. Um, so like things like the Who's My Generation, uh, really, again, Where's the blues in that? I don't hear the blues in my generation. So therefore, it sounds like it's a complete move forward. Yeah, right? um, The Beatles' Helter Skelter. I mean, everyone sort of points fingers at Helter Skelter, don't they? As being the first heavy metal, heavy rock song. I think that's a bit of a mis misunderstanding. I think that's because they're used to a band that plays, you know, um, beautifully, beautiful, beautiful, structured um, chorus verse chorus you know pop music and then as they got you know later on more more so progressive um, they don't, ex don't expect something to come out to rip your balls off uh, and when Helter Skelter did it I think that was, that's why it feels so heavy it's because it's from a band you don't expect it to be from it's like when you it's more, imp it's more impactful when you're if your great aunt you know your lovely great aunt Min like my great aunt Min she was a a, a, a very religious woman when she turned around and said shit, or fuck, or bugger, or bum, or something like that, it was far more shocking than it, like my dad saying it, because he said every second word was an expletive, right? So it was sort of, it, it, I think that's the reason why Helter Skelter feels the way it, what it does, you know? Um, you know, and in America, you know, you got Iron Butterfly, or Iron Butterfly. I mean, we cannot, cannot listen to bloody in the garden of vida anymore i mean i'm just it just drives me mad um of course then we have vanilla fudge i didn't mention alice cooper aerosmith i mentioned blue oyster cult uh, ted nugent the mc5 now the mc5 i mean i think i've mentioned the mc5 to you guys before and if you haven't heard the episode um i remember how shocked i was the first time i heard that kick out the jams motherfuckers because um, so a bit of swearing on this episode. I don't mean to swear. By the way, sorry. Um, I'll put a little bit of a, oh, it is what it is. It, it's just unfortunate part of the conversation. Anyway, um, yes. So I remember thinking, I can't believe I heard that. And that was I was probably about twelve, I think. And my brother had the MC5, their first, maybe the second. It was like a compilation album, and he put it on. It was on cassette. And he put it up really loudly when it came out. And you always used to go in and wait for that bit and then turn it up really loud. It's a really annoying my dad. Um, right, so, you know, the Bloys, the, so when I said all American heavy rock was kind of um, all sort of clean and colourful and sunshiny, not always true. Bloys, the cult wasn't, not always that, that, that way, you know, don't fear the Reaper. I mean, it, it doesn't, 
it, but it's it, it may have some lyrically dark content but it has a um a bouncy ocean blue ocean blonde haired toned kind of sound to me right um but as i said blue blue cheer uh, i sort of got uh, a compilation album of theirs uh, and it really does it really is something different i mean it is a real shame that they're not on the lips of every musician they they really should be because without them the volumes that we play now the volume that we record through now i mean yeah it's a little bit psychedelic yeah it's a little bit little bit you know they've had some shrooms or some tabs or whatever a little bit like that um but that's what happened in the states it's very much the hangover of hate ashbury and the, the the um 66 you know it's still really sort of smack bang in the middle or coming towards the end of the hippie um explosion right <laughs> that's a good way to what to do always explode your hippie <laughs> my advice explode a hippie um hang on you know that book years ago 101 things to do with dead cats i don't know if you've ever got that we had it in the uk they should do the same thing with 101 things to do with dead hippies that'd be hilarious wouldn't it um there was one with um 101 things to do with dead popes wasn't there or something and then they had like um bent over and bikes between their cheeks and they make good bike racks you know that sort of thing which is and you know uh, anyway different tra- different tangent different tangent anyway that's the end of this side so as we've as we talked about we think heavy rock it's the gateway, gateway, gateway drug to all heavy metal and, and beyond, and even punk, I think, to some extent, and uh, to progressive rock and, and so on. It, um, and here we have two delicious sounds. I think we have a, a sort of more youth, um, sort of angry, because um, that's the way that Brits are, aren't they? They always seem to be angry about something. So, um, and I'm a Brit, no, no, I'm admitting that. Um, so, you know, that's sort of like it's sort of industrial and um, fighting fighting the man, yeah, man. Whereas the American stuff, to me, I mean, I could be wrong, right? But that's how I, how I perceive it. I perceive it to be um, party music, even though it's heavy, right? I perceive it to be um, sitting in your bedroom, smoking a doobie, um, you know, with your best friend or your girlfriend and, you know, just staring at the poster of Hendrix and imagining you're him, right? Um that's how I imagine it to be in the American hard rock scene anyway, right? Uh, a little bit more musical, possibly. A little bit more easy to listen to. Oh, definitely. Um, a little softer, most likely. Uh, and I think that's why heavy metal was predominantly originating in the, U- in the UK because because of the, um, uh, the, the sort of, I don't know, the, the terroir, as they say in France, um, of, of, of British music. Anyway... Talk to you on the other side, guys. I'm going to refresh my cup of tea and uh, have to listen to some lovely ads. You know, it keeps the lights on. Also, um, if you could, please, wonderful, wonderful listeners to my show, if you've got this far, please, 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 leave me a review somewhere. I've got lots and lots of lovely um, feedback, but I would love a review. It just helps other people find the show. The more reviews you have, written reviews, that you know, the, the more... Uh, people come it doesn't take two seconds to do it could be negative it could be positive i don't really mind man come on whatever you feel right if you feel angry you don't like it say so if you love it say so um obviously try and keep it positive and uh, subjective not reactive right um but 
if you could do that for me, that would be a wondrous thing. Anyway, talk to you on the other side, guys. Bye for now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back, guys, to part two of Heavy Metal Tones, Heavy Rock. Um, it's only just going to sort of briefly summarize, 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 is that the right word? Summarize, that's the word. Summarize, come in the morning. Anyway, um, that was my Australianism coming out of me there. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did it. Probably just the fact it's early morning and I, you know, I was up late night watching my beloved Hammers lose to Brentford. Ugh! Bloody hell. Anyway, happens. That's football. I've got a big European game coming up in a few days' time, so I think that we're just resting some players. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You don't want to hear about, you don't want to hear about that. Um, well, you might do, because if you're Iron Maiden fans, you might know that um, that the Iron Maiden team, band are, are West Ham supporters. Now, you might say, oh, you're a West Ham supporter because of Iron Maiden. No, 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 no. I listen, I've been watching I. I've been watching West Ham since I was five. Um, I did not listen to Iron Maiden when I was five. So, you know, they weren't around when I was five. So, yes, it, uh, it, it the, the team came first in my life. Anyway, I'm waffling on. So, what I didn't sort of mention in the first part uh, uh, about the, the sounds, the two distinct sounds, and it really didn't really come to my mind until I was just getting my tea warmed up, was that... Um, the one distinctive difference between the American hard rock sound and the UK hard rock sound, I think, is the organ. Um, I think there's a lot more heavy organ um, in the UK. Now, I could be wrong. Like, I mean, this just sort of came off the top of my head. I haven't researched this. It just literally came to me. Um, you know, when you've got, like, uh, John Lord um, hammering away uh, at the keys in... Um, in deep purple, right? Really, kind of, um, oh, not what's the right word? What's the word for church? Like, it's very monastic, almost. It's very, um, it's very, 
sort hymns. You know, it's a very like, British sort of, you know, it's a bit sort of, you know, William Blake-esque kind of um, driving um, organ sound that sort of drives behind everything else, which I know you get in some Bill Wissacolt and, and some of the uh, other American hard rock bands, but you don't get it with the same kind of... Um, crazy intensity that sort of leaches out from things like ELP and um, and Yes and exactly sort of right this sort of um, front and centre madman on his um, playing with his organ um, in front of a crowd of people um, where else can you get paid to play with yourself play with your organ in front of 50,000 people um, and not get arrested Right, even you know, even Sabbath was doing stuff like that, a little bit sort of similar thing, and um, you know, this sort of really, I mean, and the Who, because you had, uh, you had Pete Townsend who loved um, experimenting with these you know, moogs and things like that. So I think that's the definition. I think if I'm going to try one find one defining musical difference, it would be a that's more lighter on the American side, but it's also much more thicker and vos- uh, has a more viscosity, and its keyboards are more pumping and driving and 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 and, and pushing. I know again, Iron Butterfly has that keyboard and the organ, but I think they would, if I, I mean, without looking at it, I would say they're probably heavily influenced by the Perp. You know what I mean? Um, you've always got to get your bit of perp out, as I would once tell a friend of mine. So that's it, really. Sort of, you know, that sort of, you know, that kind of. Everyone knows what a Leslie is uh, out there. Um, I know John, who's listening to this, will know what a Leslie is. So a Leslie is, uh, it's a speaker that has, it's like it has a foam, like a polystyrene case around the speaker, and that spins and it has a um, a gap in the sp- in the polystyrene. So as it spins. Around the speaker, you can imagine it at different at different sort of speeds. It, ha- it gives sort of a wall 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 sound because the, it lets the sound out, then it keeps then it muffles it and lets it out, and muffles it in different rotational speeds. And you attach that to your Hammond, um, and bingo bango, you got some really righteously weird sounds coming out. And this is before they had all of the you know the stuff like the mini moogs and the and the moog and the moog maxi moog and all of that you know synthy stuff. Um, it was just a really simple way, and and, he, and 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 they would, John Lord, God man, he, what a man, he could really he'd thump that, that that the shit out of that keyboards, and he would really drive it. Now he was really into the blues, and he would take his blues rhythms, and sort of mutate them into the sort of heavy rock sound, you know. And I think that really, when I now think about the differences, that's probably the predominant difference. So that's it. That wraps that sort of um, little subgenre chat up. I could go into it a bit more, and I probably will do if you'd like me to do so. Please reach out and ask me to do so. Uh, but I would definitely uh, honourable um, listens. I'm going to put the list. Um, as I said, I will put the my Spotify list up on my Facebook page. Um, if you don't have Spotify, um, just reach out. I'm, I might just write them down so you can then go to. Um, uh, to iTunes and do it iTunes. I only have I only have Spotify to be honest with you. So um, let's let's just leave it at that. But I might put the list up. When I write when I put the um, show the songs up, I will put a list of the songs as well. So then you can choose to listen to it another way if you can't have, have Spotify. Anyway, I just want to finish on a funny story. Um, 
Well, you might enjoy this, guys. So sit back uh, for a tale of silliness uh, in in uh, ensuing with yours, your hero here, Tony. Um, so first gig in, oh, it'd have to be three months. Um, early Mar March, April, May, two months, sorry. Um, yes, late, like two months. Um, we were at the basement, my favourite place in all the world. You all know that. I've talked about it. I love that venue. We were going to see the Iron Maidens, the American all-female um, Iron Maiden cover band. And they are superb. Superb. Um, not in the same league, in my opinion, as um, Aces High, the Australian Iron Maiden tribute band, which is um, Son's band. Unbelievable. I, I Genuinely, they were great. Um, but I think that um, Son's band does it better. But anyway, that, we're not reviewing the band. The band were brilliant. They were brilliant musically. Um, they were tight as they. Uh, the, the singer could really hit the notes, the Brucey notes, um, and it was fun, right? The bass player who was as bad, honestly, she wasn't a bass player. She was like four foot four, but could I mean I mean the bass was massive on her. She had the you know the traditional Stevie bass with, um, with Hammer's logo on it. Um, you know, the best football team in the world won't say anything else. Um, and and so they were just brilliant. But what? So picture the scene, right? Uh, we got there. We have this places packed. We got there and had dinner because they do the best food at the basement. If you're in Canberra and you want a burger, like honestly, Chompy's at the basement is just unbelievable. Um, a beer or two. We had a beer at the club before. Benji and I caught up after work. I worked all day. And then we got in to the basement about six-ish and having dinner. But the, the support act was a Aussie motorhead band called Motorized, and I thought they're really good. I mean, I couldn't hear. I couldn't. It was. I just couldn't hear Lemmy's, the bass player, singer's part. I couldn't hear. It. I was right in front of the guitarist, and he was great. But I could barely. Like I know the songs, but if you picture the basement, it has a. There's a stage. It's a low-level riser, and then there's a a grill like a a railing like a separation railing right um and where it separates you from the band and then a space so that the photographers can get up and down you know to take photographs and there's these ledges where you can put your beers or you shouldn't but it's like a seat sort of thing for the photographers but you can put them there like things there well i put my beer over the over the railing um, I'm listening to Motorizer, I'm getting into it, really getting into it, really getting into it. Yeah, yeah, this is amazing, amazing. And I thought, oh, I'll get my beer. And I misjudged in a massive way the difference, the distance between my head and the rail and where the beer was. And I just remember hearing a, oh man, like an absolute thunk. And I, 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 oh, I thought, oh, I smacked my head. But I didn't think it was bad because I was just in the moment with the music and I grabbed a beer and I maybe put my beer back down and the guitarist in the band he looks at me and he's sort of looking at me slightly aghast and I thought okay not thinking of it I turned to this stranger uh, oh no I didn't and I turned around to, to Callum my friend Callum who was standing next to me and Benji behind me and, and they looked at me as if I'd, I'd you know, just come out of a spaceship and I'd wiped my face and it was covered in claret man it was blood I'd split my skin open and a massive egg was appearing on my forehead. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, I didn't feel any pain until I felt 
until I realised I'd done it, and then suddenly I thought, oh shit, this hurts. Um, I didn't do anything because I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose my spot for the band, so I basically just wiped the shit off my um, off my forehead, um, um, used my, my t-shirt, uh, rock and roll man, and just sort of carried on. And the, I had people taking photographs of it and put it on their Facebook pages, putting heavy metals live and living in Canberra and all sorts of things. It was hilarious um, for a 50-year-old man to smash his head. And in a part of me is going, should I go and get a concussion test? Should I go and get a concussion? It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It just happened to hit me. It was a, it was a little metal raised bit, like a little sort of elbow bit I missed. That's exactly where I hit it. If I'd hit it flash on, it would have hurt. I'd have rubbed my forehead, but I wouldn't have done any damage. Now I've got this great big yellowy bruise and a scab. Um, if you want to go to my TikTok page, um, you'll see it. Uh, it's quite funny. Um, anyway, but the gig was brilliant. Um, the only downside to it is they didn't play Iron Maiden. They did all. They did most songs up until somewhere in time. They did Fear of the Dark, and that was as farthest forward they went, really. They sort of basically did the um, first three albums, first four albums max, and so so that was a bit interesting. Um, it was like a an hour and ten set, maybe nine, ten songs, um, but they were very good. I mean, they were great. I mean, they did Transylvania, which was brilliant because they needed to give time for the singer to get changed into the trooper outfit. Um, but the they were, you know. Uh, they were, I mean, I, I would say, uh, musically, with your eyes closed, were they as good, as I said, as Aces Hyde? No, because I like the way Son's voice is. Um, and she has more, she's a bit more animated around the stage, a bit more Brucey. Um, but at the same time, she hasn't travelled around the world and is, you know, I mean, that's always a bit harder, isn't it? To not know your stage and not know the country. Anyway, um, it was a corker of a gig. Uh, motorizer were good I'd like to see them again when I could hear um, the, the vocals although they, the only one I could hear that came up really well was um, um, Murder by is it Death by Murder oh, oh my god I, I think it's Murder by Death isn't it yeah um, which is you know it's a classic, right? It's Killed by Death. God, Tony Evans. There's Motorhead fans out there screaming at me now. Um, yeah, just have to forget me. I just have moments. And I'm a big, uh, big Motorhead fan. Isn't that crazy? Um, Killed by Death. Their version of Killed by Death was really, really good. Um, of course, they did Aces, Ace of Spades. Of course, they did. Of course, they're going to do Ace of Spades. But they did, you know, uh, Killed by Death, which is like, you know, one of the craziest videos of all time, in my opinion. Lima motorbike, you know, flying through a wall. I mean, it's, it, it is, it's a brilliant, brilliant. And the beauty of Motorhead um, on a different subject is that, like punk, because it's punk-based heavy rock, um, it, you don't hang around. You, you, you know, it, like the Ramones, if you go to a good Ramones um, tribute band, and we've seen some crackers. I've even seen the Ramones live, but some of them, anyway. Um the, you know, you get so much for your money, right? At the same time, consequently, a good prog rock band, if you get a 26-minute song like Supper's Ready, when you see um, Genesis, uh, and I hear people going, oh, my God, and yawning and about to fall over when you say that, but oh, I love it. Oh, God, I love it. That's worth your money as well, isn't it, right? Absolutely worth your money. Um, I read a... Speaking of which, I'm reading this really good book um, on uh, 
uh, and it's of course I'm reading this book it's basically like an A to Z of heavy metal right and it gets to prog metal and I I actually sat up in bed last night and laughed quite out loud um, it says how do you know it's a prog metal band playing and the answer is there's no women in the audience <laughs> I could just I just could picture it. I really I really could. Um it was just and it said, you know, full of musicians just playing music for other musicians other musicians to be pressed, impressed by, which is quite apt really. But I'm I'm, I'm taking the Mickey out of it because I love it and it's just I'm I'm just being silly for those out there love it. But yeah, no, it was a great gig. So if you get a chance to see the Iron Maidens, do so, but also if you get a chance to see Aces High, um they're based in Sydney but they travel around Australia a lot. Um that in your in Australia and they're in your town, uh, you'd have to be an absolute madman not to go and see them. For pennies, you get like a two and a half hour set, and they they play Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I mean, you couldn't ask for more, really. I mean, the greatest heavy metal song ever written, possibly one of the greatest rock songs ever written, um, in my humble opinion. Now, that is my humble opinion. Um, other other songs are available. Um, uh, it does it means that. Like when I see them, and that comes on, I get full of. I feel like I'm 16 again. It's giddiness. Um, I was so raw. My throat was so sore after the gig on Saturday. Well, my head was sore because I smashed it, but my throat was really sore because I just sang along and sang along, and it's so good. And that's the beauty about Iron Maiden, and the beauty, of, to be honest, of 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 the Noobum scene um, and heavy rock. Back to heavy rock is that you can really sing along to it. You know, don't get me wrong, I, I really love some of that, you know, growly, cold-laden, savage, um, dark, black music, black ma- uh, metal, death metal stuff, but he's not a sing-along kind of stuff, is it? Where, you know, when you sometimes when you go to a gig, you want a really good sing-along, and I love, I belt my, belt the old tunes out, it's it be front and centre, and almost like as if you're on the stage with them, it's just one of my joys of life, and, um, uh, in between bouts of headbanging, which is something I also love to do, and singing along, you know, without smashing your head into a metal bar trying to get a beer, um, which is, you know, what ironically, what I did more brain da- I damaged more brain cells smashing my head into the bar than I would by drinking the alcohol. So you know, I did double damage then, didn't I? And I got the I, I brained my damage with a bar, and I did it again with. Um, three or four pints of uh, Australian frothy cold lager. Um, I'm not condoning drinking four pints of lager. I'm just saying I had four pints of lager. Anyway, that aside, um, that's me for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. I really would encourage you to go out there and and listen. If you've got like a... You don't have physical copies, that's fine, but do it on whatever streaming platform you like. Listen to a British-based heavy rock band, like I said, like... Deep Purple and The Who and The Kinks and Mott The Hoople and Nazareth and Budgie. They're Welsh, by the way. Um, You know, that. And then put on your Blue Oyster Cult and Boston and Journey and Heart and hear the difference. And it was so vastly different. It's a wonderful difference. And I like that. I like the fact that you can tell the terroir, as they say in France, you know, the soil, the where the where it comes from, the, the the land it's born from. You can you can feel it in the music, you can hear it in the textures, um, you can visualize it almost. Uh it, it is 
it is a it's so such a good genre in that way that it can be quite easily um, um, sort of segregated into where it comes from. Unlike some of those said, some of the more extreme stuff, it's a bit more tricky because technically the music is going to be the same. And if you're growling vocally, you can't hear the difference. And there's very little difference between some of the really, really extreme stuff. Um, Punk-wise, maybe, yeah, the Americans do punk slightly differently. Um, but we're not talking about that, we're talking about heavy rock. Anyway, that's me for this week. Um, keep on rocking, keep safe. Um yeah, play it loud, man. Put on your really tight jeans, you know, let your hair down and get yourself, you know, whatever way you're going to play it, put it on, play it loud. And for those 15 minutes, you could be Roger Daltrey or you could be Ian Gillen or you could be anyone you really want to be. You could be Ray Davis. You could be anyone you want to be. Uh, and that's the beauty of rock, isn't it? The beauty of music. But for those moments that are, you know, like you know the world is a shitty place it, it truly is it's full of you know sadness violence oppression but for those few moments when you put that record on those people that make that music make your life such a better place and i think that's why i do this podcast and that's why i can't be without music in my life and i can't bear the thought of it that because it blocks out it blocks out the fuzzy noise of the world and it makes makes my soul and my my and my being just sparkle anyway that's me being hippie for the day enjoy your music um chat soon and we'll talk next week bye for now Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.